Welcome to the John Brown University Chapel Podcast, recorded in the historic Cathedral of the Ozarks in Siloam Springs, Arkansas. This week's chapel speaker was Dr. Ted Song. Dr. Song is Chief Diversity Officer and Associate Professor of Engineering at JBU. Some years ago, um, I was having lunch with one of my students, and he's not here anymore. Um, he graduated. Uh, and we were talking, you know, how, how's your life um, and how's, how's studies and, you know, how um, can I help you, you know, as a faculty member. And we were talking about church. Um, so what do you do on Sundays, you know, and, and my student told me that um, he is not a part um, of um, the church. And he, um, so I got curious, like, why, why is that? So I, I asked, um, so are you thinking about going to a church? And, and he said, well, actually, I am not interested in Christianity. So, so I, I got more interested and, and, and kept asking, um, why, why is that? And he said, um, the scripture, the Bible, endorses slavery. And, and that fact alone, um, I, I'm just really disappointed, and, and, I, and I just can't um, trust God or, or the scripture, and, and that, that's my reason um, that I am not a part of the church. So we had a conversation many years ago, and, and I, I wish um, I could continue the conversation even more, um, but he graduated, um, so that, that was uh, my conversation with one of my students. So the question is, is it true that the scripture or Paul endorses slavery? Well, the Bible talks about slavery, but, but is that slavery the slavery we, we think of um, as we see in movies or history books? Are those the same? And these are some questions we might have, and we are looking into 1 Timothy chapter 6 with Paul, in which Paul talks about um, slavery. And he's actually talking to Timothy how to teach, how to educate um, slaves, and that's our topic. So let's read the scripture. And this is 1 Timothy, and if you have your Bible with you, or your phone, um, the Bible in front of you, um, you'd be wonderful if you can open that um, with me. This is 1 Timothy, Chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. 1 Timothy, chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. All who are under the yoke as slaves are to regard their own masters as worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and our doctrine will not be spoken against. Those who have believers as their masters must not be disrespectful to them because they are brothers or sisters, but must serve them all the more because those who partake of the benefit are believers and beloved. Teach and preach these principles. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that, that you are with us today. Um, I pray that you open our eyes, open our ears so we can see and listen to your word. And we're so thankful 
how you called us um, to this community and grow spiritually. We thank you so much and we love you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So, Paul is addressing to Timothy and, and he's telling Timothy, hey, this is how you should tell slaves. So we have to understand what, what the context is. Um, this is first century. Um, that's when the letter was sent and, and written. So what is this slave master thing in the first century? Um, so let's look at some historical context. So number one, Jewish slavery. So if you look at the Old Testament, um, you see how there are multiple passages that talk about slavery. And we can't, or we don't have time to, to visit every passage. However, let's look at some. So one, um, Jewish slaves, I mean, they were set to free after six years of service. If you look at Exodus, right, you have six years of service and then you, you're set free. Um, Exodus, also, if, if, if you're a slave and you're permanently injured by your master, then you are to set free. Then, then, then you're free. Um, the scripture is clear about this. And then going further, Leviticus, um, the scripture tells that, hey, masters, you should treat slaves without, or you should treat slaves ruthlessly. Excuse me. Um, you should not, um, if you are harsh on them, you should not do that. So that's what Leviticus is saying. You should treat them humanely. Um, so that's Jewish slavery, and we see that from the Old Testament. Greek slavery. So if scholars um, agree that Greek slavery was more industrial than agricultural. So if you, you see cases where slaves live apart from the masters, and they're educated, and they're working, and sometimes they, they, they give their portion of the income to masters, and, and that, that was Greek slavery. And then there also is this word, um, which is have slaves, which means you have the freedom to move around, but you're legally a slave. So that's Greek slavery. Roman um, slavery. There is a huge spectrum um, in Roman slavery. Um, some worked in a house, some worked for a city, some worked as an overseer. I mean, your job is to oversee other slaves, and we see that um, from the history. However, we should not ignore that some slaves were treated um, brutally. I mean, um, like for instance, crucifixion. I mean, like it is true that, that there are some extreme cases. But at the same time, we should make sure that the slavery in the scripture or the first century is different from the slavery that we think of as we see in movies or the history books. And, and I want to note that back then in the first century, slavery was not race-based. You look at a slave, you look at a master, and you couldn't tell which one's master or slave based on skin color. So that's the first um, point I wanted to make. And then two, then Paul is talking about slavery. I mean, he's talking to Timothy, hey, this is how you, edu how you should educate slaves. And does that mean Paul is actually endorsing slavery in the first century? 
So let's think about Paul writing the letters um, to, to different churches. Ephesians, what is Paul saying? Paul says, hey, slaves, obey your masters and, and be respectful. And that's what Paul's saying. However, if you go further, Paul says, masters, you should treat them in the same way. So if you think about this, this is pretty radical. I mean, we, we don't have slavery now, so it's, it's hard to imagine. But back then, it was a part of a society. I mean, you have masters and, and slaves, and Paul is saying, hey, this is how you should treat slaves. Galatians, there's no slave nor masters. We are equal in God's kingdom. We have the same status. We're all one in, in Christ. So that's Galatians. And 1 Timothy, if you look at the um, first chapter, Paul talks about the sins, how these are not, these are not a, a part of the law, and, and he lists sinners, and one of them is slave traders. And, and you can also translate that into um, kidnappers so, or, or forcefully enslaving. So Paul is very clear about how that slavery is not something that he endorses. But, but let's go to the scripture and say, why is he talking about slaves respecting masters? So that, that's the point here. We're, so number one. We're not saying that Paul, or we don't think, or I don't think, and I, from the scripture, Paul is not endorsing slavery, nor the slavery in the first century is the slavery, the first, excuse me, the, cent, the slavery in the first century is different from the slavery that we think of um, as we see in movies or, the, or as we read in the books. So this is verse one. All who are under the yoke as slaves are to regard their own masters as worthy of all honor so that the name of God and our doctrine will not be spoken against. If you remember um, the chapel message from Keith earlier in the semester, Keith talked about how we are his representatives. We are called to represent God in all relationships, including relationships with believers and non-believers. And if you look at verse 1, it says, under the yoke, which means slaves are under the authority of masters. And including when you have relationships with Masters, or with someone who have the authority over you, God is expecting you, expecting slaves to represent him. As I was thinking about this first um, verse, I was thinking about Chick-fil-A. You guys like Chick-fil-A? I see lots of smiles, so I, I guess you do. 
So I do too. My, my daughters love it. Uh, we go almost every Saturday and, and, and we, we love it. And as you know, they're not a Christian company, but they are based on Christian values. So I was interested in seeing what, what their purpose statement was. So I went to their website and this is what I found. Their purpose statement is this. To glorify God by being a faithful steward of all that is entrusted to us. To have a positive influence on all who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. So that, that, that's their purpose. Like they want to make sure that they represent God and, and they glorify God through the business that they have. So... I know you love their burgers and sandwiches. Um, I do too. But it's also the service. It's the culture that you encounter as you, as you have your food at the restaurant. I mean, you see how people um, care about you. Um, you remember how you were treated. So people are curious, not just believers, but also non-believers who go to Chick-fil-A. I mean, I talk to lots of non-believers who, who love Chick-fil-A and, and they're curious, why is the culture different at Chick-fil-A? And they recognize how Christian values show up. But at the same time, let's, let's think about the opposite um, possibility. If they say, hey, we exist to glorify God as a restaurant, but they do a poor job. They, they disrespect customers or they do not care for customers, then that it, it harms their reputation and also their purpose statement, right? Because they said, hey, we exist to glorify God. So they understand how their work, how they treat their customers can glorify God or bring harm to, to the message that, that the scripture can bring. Verse 2, those who have believers as their masters must not be disrespectful to them because they are brothers or sisters, but must serve them all the more. Because those who partake of the benefit are believers and beloved. Teach and preach these principles. So what's interesting here is verse 1. Paul is saying that slaves should respect their masters. And then verse 2, if the masters are believers, then you should do even better. And, and, and it's interesting. Why, why is that? Well, we are all called to represent God in all relationships, including both believers and non-believers who have the authority over us. And if they are believers then you should do even better to them. And as I think about then, right, you have masters and slaves, and there's this power gap. And Paul already said it. You are brothers and sisters in Christ. There's no slave nor, nor free. I mean, you are all one in Jesus Christ. So if I am a slave and I have a master, and, and I hear that message, yeah, maybe the master and myself are, are equal, absolutely. But there's this temptation. Maybe we're equal, right? And, and, and I might be tempted to disrespect my master. And what Paul's saying here is, hey, don't do that. 
but you should still respect your master. And why? Because what they're doing, their efforts are actually benefiting other people who are believers. So as I was think, thinking about um, this you know, first two, um, I was thinking about my relationship with Dr. Pollard, um, who's here, and because I report to him. And, and I want to make sure that I disclose this. I'm not a slave. <laughs> He's not my master. Um, no, I mean, I, but, 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 he, but he has authority over me, so I thought this um, could be a good um, example. So, yes, he and I are both sinners. Uh, we, we are saved by grace. We are brothers in Christ, so we share the same status in Christ. We're brothers in Christ. So my temptation could be, hey, he's the president, but also he's my brother. So I might be tempted, hey, whatever. I mean, he's still my brother, so I'll, I'll disrespect um, that authority. And what Paul is saying here is, hey, Ted, don't do it. Yeah, like you, you can't, like you shouldn't, right? Even though you share the same status in God's kingdom, you should respect your present. Because not for my sake, but God's sake, you can actually bring goodness or you can glorify God in the relationships that you have with others. So the question now is, then, then what? Like, what does this mean to you? And, and I know you're not slaves. I know I'm not a slave. So what, how can we apply this message um, in our lives? Well, one, let's say you're a work-study student. I know many of you are. And, and you, you, you have your supervisor. And, and he or she is a believer, right? And yes, it is very true that you and and him or her, right? You, you have the same status in Jesus Christ. You are brothers, sisters, I mean, you're siblings, right? I mean, God's kingdom. But that doesn't mean that you cannot or you, sh you should or you could disrespect your supervisor. Because he or she is a believer and, and, and what, what, what he or she is doing, it benefits the community. Going further, you're working for Seven Brew. And I know some of you are. And let's say your supervisor is not a believer. And there's this temptation. Well, he's not a believer. Oh, she's not a believer. Um, so I might have pride. Or there's this temptation to, to just disrespect uh, my supervisor for whatever reason. And, and what Paul is saying is, don't do it. But you should respect your supervisor the person who has authority over you. Let me go further. Many of you are RAs and residents. So there's this, and again, let me be clear, RAs are not masters. <laughs> residents are not slaves. Okay, let me, let me make that clear. At the same time, RAs are there to serve you. They, they're here to, to take care of you, but also, your brothers or sisters in Christ. And sometimes you're, you have, right? I mean, you're, you're at the same age, right? I mean, like, literally, you're brothers and sisters in Christ. But sometimes you just don't have the respect for your RA for whatever reason. And, 
And again, let me be clear, it's not the master and slave relationship, but if we take the same principle, right, how I treat my authority will do good or bad to God's reputation. So if that's the case, then, then I want to make sure that I represent God in all my relationships. My last story, I wanted, wanted to um, install a hitch. You know what hitch is? So I have my, my minivan and you have to have a hitch to, to tow a trailer or to have a bike rack, so that's what hitch is. So I, I, I ordered my hitch um, through U-Haul last year in March. And um, so a few weeks later, um, they called me, so I, I went, and, and they said, um, hey, come, and, and in, we will install, in, install your hitch. So I went, and, 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 and it's an hour drive from Siloam to, to the store that I ordered the hitch, um, and it wasn't there. So, and they apologized, and I was a little upset, and um, so I came back, and, and I was okay. A few months later, they said, hey, hitch is here. So, so yeah, okay, I'll go. So I went, and then the hitch didn't fit to my minivan. So I was disappointed, came back again um, to our drive. And then the third time, a few weeks ago, um, this year, um, they called me and, and said, hey, the hitch is here. So I, I went back, and I, I couldn't go, so I, I actually um, sent uh, my, my father-in-law, so he went uh, on my behalf, and I got a call. Um, the store says the hitch doesn't fit my car, so third time. I was so frustrated. Um, so for those who, who know me, I'm a very passionate person, but also I can be frustrated. I mean, I can be really frustrated with things. So I, I got really upset, and, and I called the manager, and, and I told her, hey, this is my third time, and, and I've been just going back and forth, and now what you're saying is, like, the hitch doesn't fit. And then um, the manager tells me, it seems like the, the model year um, of my car, the number that I submitted um, in the first place, is a wrong year. And, and so I, I didn't trust her, and, and I just hung up the phone, and then I, I checked, and, and, and yeah, it was true. I, I, I put the wrong number <laughs> for my, my, my minivan, right, model. So, so at that time, actually, I was preparing this um, message. Yeah, like, um, I, I knew the point or the, the main core message is like how we need to represent God in all relationships, including believers and non-believers who have authority over us. And, and I know that, that you all is not my master, and I'm not a slave of you all. <laughs> but at the same time, I want to represent God in all my relationships. So do I need to call back, like this customer service? And, and so I, like this thinking process, right, um, is just rolling in my head. And, and I realized, I, I, and I, I told myself, I need to apologize. So I did something for the first time in my life. I actually called the customer service to apologize. <laughs> so I, I called you all and said, hey, you know, this is, you know, Ted Song, and I, and I wanted to apologize up to you, and it was my mistake. And, and they actually apologized to me, too. Like, I'm really sorry, I mean, we were really sorry that you had to go back and forth three times. But I, but I could feel that, that, um, that, that yes, God is glorified through our representation of him to others.
both believers and non-believers. As we live out our faith each day, you are interacting with so many people. Actually, I mean, I know many of you will go to Simmons Great Hall and, 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 and you know, right, present yourself, right, um, for your internship or full-time job, and you, have, and you will work at a company and you'll see many non-believers and believers. But let's remember that we, so you and I, are called to represent God in all relationships, including relationships with believers and non-believers who have authority over us, regardless of the cultural norm. And God, his name is glorified through you when you respect others. Not because you're good people or I'm a good person, but because we are saved by grace, even though we are not worthy. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you called us um, to represent you, how you called us to be ambassadors of Christ in all things that we do, in all things we say, in all things we not say, and we want to do a good job in our lives. Father, we recognize and confess that, that we uh, messed up. Um, we had make mistakes. We know that we will make mistakes. Um, but at the same time, we are seeking your help so that when we interact with others, we want to represent you and we want to treat others well, including our supervisors, people who have authority over us. So Father, please help us so that we Live well as ambassadors of Christ. We thank you and we love you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of the John Brown University Chapel Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, and we'd love it if you'd leave us a review.